You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash GPR to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PETMEDS.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. Call now with your pet questions to 1-888-441-WTSN. That's 1-888-441-WTSN. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Today's the day. Walk for the pets. Actually, Brian, it's their largest fundraiser of the year so anybody who's anybody if you love dogs and um cats cats and yeah and more than hamsters that hamsters and rabbits and all the above gerbils. today is the day to uh and it's a beautiful it's a nice enough day it's not raining go on out it's in dover it's a henry law park okay, i know yeah, Henry Law Park. In Dover, and um, just make an appearance. If you haven't made a donation, you know what? Even if, if you bring a can of dog food or make a small donation there, but this is it. They need it. And, boy, I'll tell you, they do so much, Brian, up there for what for what little they have. Um, you know it. I know it. But uh, some of our listening audience may not. Well, I'm going to be doing a training demonstration at 1230. Beautiful. One of the things people don't think about is crating their dogs. Well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. It's 11.08, 12, show goes to 12. Okay, so if you see this car flying <laughs> out of here, <laughs> Kill Comments, Kill Comments will have the state police escort into the... It's a little the, bit close, <laughs> deep breaths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the dog looks at me and goes, oh, he's he's insane. Do you think they could have scheduled maybe you for 1 o'clock? Yeah. But that is great. So you're doing a presentation today. I'm, I'm reading online as well. It's at 12.30 today. Um, you're doing a talk. What are you going to talk about? Uh, creating, teaching your dogs to go into crates. One of the things, I do work with different shelters, and I was at the SPCA of Tampa Bay, and they had the disaster animal relief teams. And when we have disasters, and dogs have to be put into different situations, uh, such as Katrina, um, a lot of the dogs have never been crated. So it's stressful enough. So whether you want to use the crate for training or, or for your dog, whether you like it or not, what I'm suggesting is at least give your dog the experience now so he has a reference point. Mm-hmm. So he's been through it before. So if he's put in a crate, it doesn't stress them out even more. Yeah. And there's an easy way you can do it. And I'll be working with some shelter dogs I haven't seen before. Oh, I love this. Yeah, and just showing people how to get the dogs to respond. But that's that's what makes you you, is that you, you know... You may watch a TV program and you'll see a particular trainer working with dogs and you'll, and let's face it, a lot of these times they'll, they'll bring the easy dogs, but you know, you'll take any dog, any dog, any dog you've ever seen before, they'll give it to you. And I've seen you work. I've seen some dogs where they're so freaked out, you just stop and say, okay, let's just stop. Let's take a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's fun to watch. So. Uh, well, you don't sacrifice the dog because it's just supposed to be showing something. Yep. You know, and if the dog is stressed out, you need to point it out how to get him de-stressed. And get communication going so we can actually learn. Yep. But talking about donations, Catherine Hegel. Uh, Catherine, who is it? I believe it's Hegel. Uh, she funded Compassion Revolution in her brother's names out in L.A. A million dollars for spay-neuter programs. Yikes. 
you know, I just think it's great. She could buy a lot of other stuff with a million dollars, but she really put it towards the animals. They're calling it the Compassion Revolution. Um, so well, through, we need through, that. Yeah, th- through her uh, efforts, a lot of dogs are going to wind up uh, living and cats. So it's uh, in California, and uh, my hats off to uh, Catherine. You know, right now I think there are Kachikos somewhere around two hundred and fifty cats. Two hundred and fifty. Programs like this will help that. Programs like that will get them neutered. And, uh, you know, we're actually co-fostering a, uh, a blind dog that I've talked to you about, and in, you know, just to help. And, it's uh, boy, it's been a good experience for me. It's challenging. It is challenging, and each day it gets better. You can see it. You can see it now. I also neutered the dog. Okay, that helps. Yes, because he was kind of, uh, you know, he threw a couple little noises out. But, um, boy, that's getting better each day. Just a way to help out. Well, he must be really depressed. <laughs> hey, you know, can I mention something, too, is that I've had a lot of people come in as of late, and then they come in, and you can't blame them, Brian, because they they find, they do all this homework on breeders. So they'll find a breeder up in, for whatever reason, I don't know, Northern Maine just has all these breeders, or Northern New Hampshire, but and then they'll come in, and the breeders tell them the wackiest stuff. And I just listen to them, and I'm like, wow. And... They want to believe what the breeder has to say because the breeder does dogs all day and the breeder um, it breeds dogs. But, you know, one of the things was this breeder saying, do not spay or neuter your pet for a year. And I'm like, well, who's... I mean, like, you know, it, it, what breed? Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, not cats, but I mean dogs. No, but with some, of, with some of the giant breeds, they're recommending a little bit later. So you one as far as you get some of the secondary sex characteristics in the male, so their heads are bigger, their shoulders are bigger, that type of stuff. And with some of the really giant breeds, they're slow maturing, so postponing that, they mature a little bit more. Well, this guy's not recommending that. You're not recommending that. No, I no with or without secondary sex characteristics. Well, it's what people I'm off the prefer. Oh, I know, but I, I don't. I don't see the need for that at all. Or, you know, the other thing is, we're going to talk to you a little bit today about uh, puppy classes and when to start them and vaccinations. But they're telling them, don't, you know, don't get your puppy around any other dog for this longest time. So, meanwhile, you kind of have this dog that could see the world, could be socialized, and it's not, and it's sitting at home. So, I, I listen to I, this. I, I think there's a balance here. It, it, absolutely. I mean, you, you're looking at there's information that I just don't agree with. Well, let's, you know, when we come back from break. Also, you heard about this new movie, Hashi? No. Uh, with Richard Gere. It is a, it's I about, like Richard it, Gere. It, it's about the Akita, who, for after his master died, for nine years he showed up every day at the train station. In fact, they put up a uh, statue of him for loyalty and love. Wow. Because of it. And it's a movie, and if it, it is a tearjerker. Did you see it? No, but as far as reading this, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to bring a lot of tissues because this is really going to get you. Hey, you're listening to Great Pets Radio with Brian and Dr. Jim. Uh, our number is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. Give us a call, and we'll be back after this break. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code GPR10, GPR, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle. 
and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're with Great Pets. You know, we were talking about Hashi, this movie, on this Akita. But, you know, I was thinking about it. And one of the reasons we love dogs so much is because of the unconditional love Mm -hmm. and their loyalty. Mm -hmm. And this just kind of epitomizes it. I think that's why it's striking such an emotional chord in a lot of people. um, Is Richard Gere in it, or did he produce it? He's in it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of my favorites. He's excellent. Yeah. So they took, it was a Japanese story originally. Okay. And they made it. You know, Western. It, it's done really well internationally, but it hasn't been all that. You know, the outlet here hasn't really been uh, developed. And is it going to be kind of in a theater, or is this an HBO release? I'm going to go online and look. Okay. You know, so Hashi. Um, yeah. So great movie, and I think it really hits the emotional chord that we have. All right, in LA, who? Where else? Uh, personal trainers for pet, fat pets. Hundred and thirty bucks an hour. They come by to exercise your dog. <laughs> he does thirty minutes of exercise that are core strengthening and also st- uh, instability work. Um, one hundred and thirty dollars per hour. World of personal training for dogs, as well as the occasional cat. Um, <laughs> come on, you know, kitty. A, a recent on, study. Kitty. You can do it, released, <laughs> it was, This is the third annual study. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get on the ball. Um, uh, the uh, Association for Pet Obesity Prevention reports that 45% of dogs and 58% of cats are overweight. I I think there's some truth to that. I mean, those numbers don't seem really too outlandish to me. No, but what, if, I see every what day. I'm wondering, if, if you own a pet and it's overweight, you know, hiring a trainer is not going to control the food bowl, for one. Yeah, it's not even a behavioral trainer. We're talking about a, uh, you know... a, a you know, a fitness trainer. A fitness trainer. Yeah. You know, it, it's known as a leash and a walk. <laughs> For $130. <laughs> L.A., baby. Well, you know, I understand, you know, as far as keeping the dogs in condition, but I just don't get it. You know, maybe going to a group class where everyone's doing something with their dogs. Agility training is great. That. Yeah, but I but. think it's the concept out there, if, if you have money, that if you throw money at something, then the problem gets better. Just, you know, same with, uh, you know, having grown up in Massachusetts, the educational system for years. That's, that was the idea. Throw money at it and things will improve. And, you know, here we go. Why not buy a fitness trainer? He's overweight. Let's go. How do you know? Maybe it's going to work, but is it worth, you know, $800 to get your dog to learn how to walk on a leash? Well, not even learn how to walk on a leash. Just walk on a leash. Well, you know, Brian, a lot of, some people won't do that. I mean, when we do cruciate surgeries, the first month after an ACL is... Um, on leash you know, walking. Yeah. Well, actually, the first month for a knee surgery is is quiet time. So it's out on a leash and back in. We do some physical therapy we'll do at home. By the time we hit week four, 
then we're out starting to walk just a quarter mile a day and I had a guy look at me a while back and he said you tell me I gotta walk my dog <laughs> I said yeah you know and then by week five week six week seven we gradually increase the amount of walking around the neighborhood but to some people who do own dogs to ask them to walk that one mile it's like no I don't have time for that I don't get it well that's you know, you know it, it's just not fair to the dog yep. and also when you you know, as far as, okay, lifestyle, you can decide whether you want to walk your dog or not. But in this case, it's rehabilitation for the dog. Well, Without that exercise, what's going to happen with the surgery, the leg? Oh, well, they get there, but they'll get there a whole lot slower because they, they'll have severe muscle atrophy in that leg, and it's just not going to work as well. There is physical therapy you can do now, but that's the opposite extreme. But, yeah, to walk your dog, that's it. All right. Interesting article uh, from South Africa. Dogs helping to sniff out poachers. But what's interesting about this, whether it's ivory or rhino horn, that type of stuff, but they're using some of the new technology that they've developed for uh, finding bombs into this. And what they do is they suck in the air like it's a vacuum cleaner. They put it in a bag, and then they have the dog sniff it, and the dog identifies it. Nice. So it's a really interesting mix of the, you know, the the senses of the dogs and utilizing them on our behalf and the high technology to make it where you can do large amounts of cargo it's amazing more and more and more what dogs are used for there's an article i read recently on on, uh, they're using dogs as lifeguards yeah do you hear about that in italy in italy yeah canines saving swimmers in italy you know we should go over and see that they leap from helicopters or speeding boats bringing aid to swimmers who get in trouble off popular beaches they're using Newfoundlands and things like that. I watched a video. If you get online and you cannot Google this, you'll actually see a video of it. It's pretty interesting. However, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going under, right? And old Fido seen something else that gets his attention. I'm like, hey, what about me? But it's working. I mean, and, and you know what, Brian? When you watch the video, these dogs. That's kind of an untrained lab with a ball in the water. Yeah. <laughs> but these dogs, I've been there. I've done that lifeguarding thing, and I've, I've had waves knock me out. You've got to duck into them. And these dogs just cut through it like a hot knife through butter. They're just zipping through that surf, and they get there in a fraction of the time. It's like mountain climbing. How fast can we go up a mountain? And then you get a little poodle in front of you, thinking this poodle can't climb like me. Boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. Up they go. Yeah. So it's really neat what, what we're doing today. Yeah, it's amazing. The dogs are just doing more and more for us. Yeah. And, and you know something, that the, lo- the older I get, the more I, I, I do this, I really, my hat goes off to people who are involved in it. You had a great interview. I, I didn't make the show, but it was the gentleman from New Jersey, one blind dogs. Right. What a great, you know. Seeing eye dogs. Seeing eye dogs. If, if there's ever a show that you could archive, and, and by the way, these shows are online on PetLifeRadio.com. Um, you can listen to it, but what a great story that was. They're amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, your dog goes down in New Jersey, basically lives in like a dormitory for, I don't know, what was it, a month or two or something like yeah. that? Yeah. After the dog's trained, then they bring the handlers in to teach the handlers how yeah. to Yeah, really neat that. stuff. Have you been down there? Have you seen it? I've been to Yorktown Heights. Which is not, uh, that's guiding eyes. Mm-hmm. But seeing eye was the first uh, facility ever in the States that came over from Switzerland, of all places. And, and you know, although it may be in the thousands of dollars, it is, there's, I mean, it's so worth it. It's like a pair of eyes. Yep. Anyways. 
It is, and it's also, you know, it's funny they found that people with disabilities, if they have a dog, people function, you know, focus on the dog, not on the person, so it makes them a lot more comfortable, and it's a way of starting conversation. You listen to Brian and Dr. Jim, Great Pets Radio. Our number is 888-441-9876. Put that Kachiko walkathon, walkathon, I say walkathon, walkathon in your calendar for You're today. You're fantasizing again. <laughs> you can sing when we get back. <laughs> we'll be back after this break. Hey, boy, how you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. <coughs> No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. We're talking about pets um, and blockages. Yeah, Brian and I were talking off air about uh, uh, blocked cats. And the, the question I had put to me this week was, does every male ca- cat block up? And block up would mean is they get a urethral obstruction so that their bladder becomes the size of a grapefruit. And God, it, Brian, it is painful to look at and painful to touch and painful for everything. And, and um, so the, I guess the first question that I got is they, not every male cat does block up. But when it does happen, it is one of those emergencies so if you notice that your litter box, it, you're like, geez, there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of urine in it today. Well, yeah, maybe the boy's starting to block up. No, that's not Ben's problem. Yep. I mean, he he, he voids frequently and copiously. Great, and yep. that and that's but that's one of the things we look for. If left untreated, they can die. Cats will die. So you, you well, know, their system will be poisoned, right? You got it. So maybe it takes about three well, days or so, but usually they're going to start throwing up. And, the appendix can rupture, can the bladder? Um, sure, it can, but not necessarily from that. They'll they'll just kind of they'll they'll get sick in another way where they'll just lay down and they'll just not be able to get up. What are some of the signs? 
of a block cat. Yeah. The big thing is that they go in the box and they're just kind of st- sitting there saying, "Okay, any time now," <laughs> uh, <laughs> and nothing's coming out, and they're constantly going in and out. I'm reading. And then, no, no, he's not. <laughs> yes, and then over time, what you will see will be a cat who. Uh, begins to throw up. They don't eat, and then they'll vomit. Everything's getting blocked up. They get what's called uremic. The numbers go up. They feel sick. So anyways, we had a beauty this week where it was uh, you know, just a big old hard one. And i got to tell you, the greatest thing about it is when we unblock the cat and um, you know, you get everything going again, you hydrate him, we, we got this cat who wanted to kill us to this cat that turned into this nice, happy cat, almost saying thanks, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's amazing how they can go from that. I mean, we actually had to use some narcotics to get this guy to just to relax a little bit. And then suddenly you want to block him, and he's like, oh, my goodness. Well, I, that would put him back in a good mood. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing is, Brian, a lot of people, um, we don't know why. When, when, when they block up, it's, it's not like a, a stone. It's a combination of a lot of things. There may be certain crystals. That are in there. Mm-hmm. There may be red blood cells. There may be white blood cells. There may be like mucin. It's a conglomeration of stuff that forms a cork. And you know, it's funny. Whenever we unblock them, sometimes that cork will come shooting out. And I'm telling you, I am I am there like a baseball catcher waiting to get it. Do you know why? <laughs> Surprise me. Because you take that little cork that comes out, and, and it is tiny. You send that to the lab. And there's there's so much information to be gained that will tell us what diet we should be on in the future. Um, You know, it's really it's a cool thing if you can get that little plug, and um, you know, help them out. But the the big thing, a lot of times when people go into stores, they hear something called low ash diets. Right? Have you heard that before? Mm -hmm. Seen that? Sure. Yeah. Well, low ash usually means low magnesium. Magnesium means triple phosphate or what we call struvite crystals. Struvite crystals are the ones that form that plug. Just, but that's one of them. There's, there's so many different types of crystals. But we've done such a good job, um, you know, we've seen less and less block cats. So, but it's a bad one. It, it, I always feel for these guys. Like, oh, buddy. oh, that has to be excruciating. It is. It's like, oh, pal, we got to put everything on hold. This guy's got to got to pee, and he's got to pee so, now. So we're talk. We were earlier on. We were talking about behavior myths. Yeah, I came across something pretty interesting. I figured I'd throw this one at you. All right. 10 behavioral, actually had life-threatening. I don't know why they included that, but 10 behavioral myths. You know, the word for dogs, the word behaviorist uh, gets thrown around quite a bit. You betcha. (laughs) Sarah, I I actually had someone we met recently said, now you're a behaviorist, Brian, right? And, you know, behaviorist, from a veterinary standpoint, really it's a person who did their four years of vet school and then did a veterinary behavior Right, veterinary behavior. Residency. And there's a behaviorist that also has a bachelor or associate's degree in behavior. So those pe- so it's, I guess the, the word is reserved for those people. But the guy on my left, being you, having trained 35,000 dogs in, in climbing, you have seen a lot of dog behavior. So what, what, Yeah, I also taught at Tufts for 15 years. Yeah, so... School. But I, I don't use the term behaviorist. Right. It... it, it and the thing is, it, 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 the training field has gotten more and more confusing, I think, for people, because so many people use the term behaviorist. There's no substantiation of it. And also, the other confusing part, you know, a lot of times this study is in, you know, dust bathing and quail. Okay, how does that give you one hands-on experience with animals and people? And how does that apply to domestic pets? 
So it becomes really confusing. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of people, one of the things I've always done in my career, Jim, is I have a very strong dividing line between what I do and what you do. Mm-hmm. You are the doctor. You are the veterinarian. So I'm not going to be you know, discounting what you're saying. But there is- I may not agree with what you believe, but that's for us to discuss versus me telling a client something. But that's the crux of the show. And we spoke three years ago about doing a radio show, and that's what it comes down to, behavior or medicine. It's almost like church and state. There is a clear line. Well, not with a lot of people. We're going to get to that. So anyways, here's number one. Number one writes, puppies should go, uh, should not go to puppy classes until they have had all of their shots. Just the word shots. Do we have to use that word shots? Can mm-hmm. we use something else? And uh, you use inoculations. Right. Vaccinations. Shots sounds like we're doing yeah, something. Shooting them. Yeah. I don't like that. Anyways. So uh, I guess this would be my thing to comment on. But I, but uh, should they go to puppy classes? before? Absolutely they should. I mean, would I bring my eight-week-old right out when I just got the puppy? No. I think 12 weeks is a good age. I was talking to a veterinary friend of mine who was in Manhattan. I used to do a lot of work with. And we're talking. Anyway, this trainer called him up, um, returned his call, because he called her. She just suggested that this the client take this puppy to puppy class, and it's eight weeks old. Now, in Manhattan, there's a high concentration of dogs and also a high concentration of disease between Goxidia, Giardia, as far as parasites, but also influenza, parvo, which is still around. So, you know, he's going... I'm not comfortable with this. Are you telling, you know, these people to go? They were his, his clients, of course. Anyway, she went off on a rant and started carrying on and uh, was somewhat unprofessional. But, you know, again, she's a trainer. Right. And, she, and she's a good trainer, and I respect that. But she has crossed the line when she starts pulling this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when she starts telling people, ignore what your vet is saying. Take the puppy to class because the behavior is more important. Then they turn around and they rationalize it by saying, well, more dogs are killed because of behavior problems than disease. Well, you know, tell the client who just lost the puppy to Parvo because it exposed it too early. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to pick up the vet bills if uh, Giardia or Coccidia kicks in because it's been exposed at an early age? You know, and yes, they can get it when it's older, but puppies are more susceptible. So as far as doing this, you know, after 12 weeks old, at least that's what I've been told, right. All right, I, is the time to bring them. And if you want to socialize them earlier, carry them. They can still see sights and sounds and meet different people and stuff. But putting them around other dogs, there is a chance something may happen. Mm-hmm. Let's say 75% of the time nothing happens. Well, how about you fall into the 25% factor? Well, I think that's a, even 75 is a, is a low number. But you know what, Brian? When, when puppies come out, they have something called maternal antibodies. And these maternal antibodies are designed to cover them. Now, we know their immune systems aren't as good as the four- or five-year-old dogs are, but they still have an immunity. And the whole idea of the vaccinations is to give them immunity as the maternal anti- antibodies wear off. So you mentioned parvo. That's a bad gastrointestinal thing that we see. Thankfully, not a lot. That those maternal antibodies can last up to 20 weeks, so the question is, well, geez, you know, and, and Parvo can live on a sidewalk for a, a year or two. It's it's that bad. You know, this but, cr- this cries out for a study. 
but but my point is, I think twelve weeks you are safe to bring your dog to the to to a puppy class. I really do, and they don't need all of their shots. Get them their second inoculation and sign them up. I think it's great to have socialization yeah. at that. Point. But what I'm uncomfortable with in this situation, um, she's holding class at a daycare and boarding kennel. So you know the amount of dogs coming in there. She probably has a hundred different dogs coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put my puppy there. I mean, I just wouldn't do it. Yep. But again, as far as arguing with the vet on this, and one of the reasons he called was because he was concerned. He wasn't challenging. He wasn't, you know, <clears throat> I'm the vet, you're the trainer. <clears throat> but as far as there has to be a line here, and understand when it's medicine, that's when you talk to the doctor. All right. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. All right? Okay. Now. One of the few times that happens. Yes. But but let's talk. Let, let me mention this to you, though. And that is there's also cases where... Uh, and I'm, I, I probably sound like I'm defending breeders. I am not. But what's interesting, and the reason why you, as a veterinarian, have to keep an open mind, let's throw out an example. I was breeding voodoo. Well, Give me some of these no, breeders but, are whack. I, I know, but you've got to keep an open mind. Uh, for instance, lactobacillus. <clears throat> Right, breeders telling uh, pet owners, "Give your dog yogurt; it's great." Now, way back when, and I'm talking 10, 15 years ago, adding, you know, bacteria orally to a pet system, that you know, it was no documentation to support that it's going to have any therapeutic effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm paraphrasing. And fast forward 10, 15 years. Well, guess what? Now we are finding that it does have a place. That we, if we give, you know, instead of giving antibiotics, if we can supplement a dog's diet with healthy, uh, w- with bacteria, it creates a better environment in their system. So it's interesting in a way. Well, I'm just saying that sometimes the breeders, you got to listen to them. You can't discount everything they say. And I, I know I'm, I probably shouldn't come from this angle, but I just do. Here's another example. The raw food. But wait a minute, wait a minute, Tom. You really, what's confusing about this is the term breeder. You know, if somebody has, you know, two dogs of the same breed and the garage is open for 15 minutes and they produce a litter, they call themselves a breeder. There's there's differences in experience here. Let let me go back 15 years. Someone walks into my office and says, you know, Doc, I've been giving my dog uh, lactobacillus yogurt for... For years, and these dogs have nice form stools, and they do really well. I would look at them at that point and say, you know what? There's no documentation to support that. However, right, okay, because you're a doctor. That's right. That's what I've been tra- trained at, and I'm Western trained. So fast forward now 15 years, and it is interesting in a way how now probiotics are a huge part of what we do, and I like them. We're staying away from the, you know, the antibiotic steroid. Kind All right. Of thing. So, are you making an argument for the breeders that when they say this stuff, you know, turn around three times, no, sh- shake just, the I, spoon twice, and put on some, you know, no, sea salt? Because I'm the first guy to jump all over breeders to say, please, they bred a beautiful dog. Now, will you just let, listen to me at this point? And let's we'll get it going. But at the same time, it's really interesting. And you know, you throw the raw food out. None of us. I don't endorse it. I would never do it with my dog. But you got to keep an open mind. To I, it. I I think there's practical experience. But it, that people have that is valuable that needs to be combined with medicine, and that's a little bit more difficult because people don't understand that medicine is based on scientific research. Garlic. If we load my dogs up with garlic, they're going to smell like a you know an Italian restaurant, and no no ticks or fleas are going to get near them. Now again, first of all, what people don't know is high levels of garlic are toxins to to dogs. If you, so so I, I actually caution people not to do it. Have I seen people do it and it works? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I have. 
But I don't, don't, you know, don't fall for that. <laughs> don't stay away from the garlic. So it's my point is that that you just got to keep an open mind to to the, w- the way things develop and what you hear. That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, when I was working with Woodhouse, um, we were talking about different reactions dogs had to foods, and different proteins affect dogs differently. Right. You know, it, whether it's beef or pork or fish or lamb. You know, and there are some dogs that do react to foods where they have an allergy to them. That's why she was big on this brown bread and fish diet. Right. But I was at Tufts and we were talking, and Waltham was in there, and I mentioned that, you know, that's interesting. They looked at me like I was crazy. You know, five years later, Tufts right. is doing a study on proteins and behavior. Yeah. And they found that it does impact on so, so there is some validity to it, and you just got to somewhat keep an open mind. That's, that's my point. But anyways, you're listening to Dr. Jim and Brian. Not going to have you next week after the great state of Colorado, right? We're doing a seminar for the weekend. But yeah. 1230 today at Henry Law Park with the uh, Kachiko Valley Humane Society fundraiser. Hopefully we'll see you there. The number is 888-441-9876. We'll be back after this break. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings of up to 50%. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code GPR10. GPR, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more and free shipping on all orders over $35 at PetCareRx.com. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8-PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8-PETS. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. I'm Brian Kilcommon, still with Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital, and you can call us at 1-888-441-9876. All right. Myth two, crazy owners have crazy pets. Define crazy. Good point. What's funny about, about behavior... You know, and people, and vice versa, people will put up with behaviors that it's just not important to them. You know, do you like him humping the couch pillow? Uh, you know, it, I don't. That's not a problem. You know. So, but, so your feeling is it's one person's uh, definition or what they think crazy would be. 
Right. But let's face it, if you, you know, if you, if you are kind of out of, you can create a dog biter if you really wanted to. You could, you know, get an angry cat if you abuse your cat. Yeah, so as far as, you know, crazy people have crazy pets, depending. Yeah, I think that's a big myth, so we agree on that one. This is an interesting one. My dog is aggressive, fearful, or shy because they were abused at some point in their in their early years. No, it's just unstable. Right. So it's genetic. Don't you think they come out like that sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and you need to, that, I got this lovely bull mastiff uh, pup for a client. And she's five months old. She's 70 pounds. She's frightened of loud noises and big objects. You know, otherwise, she's really a lovely dog. But, you know, it's my job to get her comfortable with that. So now I'm starting to take the plastic garbage can and have her walk with me down the driveway. And she's like, oh, my God. And I said, you know what? The issue is walking. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm also desensitizing her to it because she's getting chicken and I'm laughing and giggling and she's looking at the garbage can. She's looking at me going, this isn't good. And I'm going, it is. Welcome to real life. I'm going to treat this like it's normal. Yes. So, and she's coming around. I but know, I, I, the I, I, assumption that they've been abused and a lot of the shelter dogs, <clears throat> they haven't been abused. Right. And the uh, big thing about this, Dr. Jim, is that you can't do anything about it. It's like having a bad childhood. Okay, you got abused during the, as a child. No one can take that away. Right. You know, and it, it, the more you focus on that, the the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, let's stay in the day and try to move on. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> um, next one. The new medication will treat your pet's behavioral problem, and you can add behavioral to whatever it would be. They're so you, setting up kiosks. The new uh, medication. Yeah, it's BIB, behavior in a bottle. You don't have to teach them anything. You don't have to walk them. You just give them a pill, and they turn into the perfect animal. Yes. Oh, God, that's, a, that's one where you and I are in complete agreement on. You ready? Dogs that are aggressive, they're acting dominant. Now, every person has heard that word dominant. It's dominant. It's running, running after the mailman. It's dominant. I, I wish we could find another term. Uh, a lot of times, that is not something that... Uh, um, it, it can be out of fear, but it can be out of aggression or protectiveness. Sure, but the term dominance is... You know, you've, you've been around long enough where you've told me the stories where sometimes... You know, owners will hold the dogs down. You know, hold them down, dominate them. Yeah, pin them. To pin them down. Yeah, all you convince your dog of is that you're psychotic. <laughs> you know, they can they they can be randomly attacked at any given time. <laughs> that is so true. You know, so as far as that, <laughs> and you you know when you see this stuff too, you know, I'll use the, you know the terms calm assertive. Most people are not doing a calm assertive alpha role. You know, they're doing like the Jack the Ripper alpha role because they're so angry about it. You know, I uh, I, I hate to bring this, I dislike bringing this story up, but I did. Uh, the breeder I got my dog from years back, Katie. So, yeah, I had an aggressive dog, dominant aggressive dog, and uh, you know she did. She said, "Hang him." I said, "What?" Hang him. What do you mean? You got to hold him up by the leash till they can't breathe anymore, and it teaches them who's boss. My gosh! Yeah, yeah. That and the for my list of things, that falls under animal abuse, and you should be charged. Yep, I agree with that. That is not training. That is abuse. You know what's interesting though, and I want to. I got to go going back on our stories, but 
I remember with my puppy now, who's no longer a puppy, but when she was four or five weeks old, and I picked out, and this is the nicest dog I've ever met in my life. And at the time, she was big, she was knocking the other dogs over, she was bossy, like she could have been a dom- now, dominance does, you know, come well, into play. Right, but on the other hand, there's a difference between their interactions with dogs and interaction with people. So at the time, at four to five weeks of age, she was showing tendencies of being the top dog in her, you know, in her area. Right. Uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, and I can manage those kind of dogs because you taught me. And right. I, I had one. And I, you know what? I loved that dog more than any dog in the world. But the, you had some great advice that day. You said, Jim, this dog's only four to five weeks old. It doesn't even know where its feet are yet. Give it time. And sure enough, I went back again two or three weeks later, and it was a different dog. I, yep. So it, it wasn't, although they come out one way, they, it's hard to make that assessment at five weeks like, oh boy, you know, this puppy's going to be this way for the rest of its well, life. That, that's why I have a bone to pick with some of the temperament testing that's going on. I think a lot of dogs are getting euthanized needlessly because of temperament testing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a snapshot of what you're dealing with. It is not a true evaluation. So there's a lot of controversy going on there. This is a good one, and I hear this a lot from people. And they'll say, you see how guilty he looks? Now, can a dog look guilty? If, the do- if you come home and the dog has done something wrong, like maybe defecated in the living room, and then you walk in the house and he looks up at you, what do you think of that? Is that a myth? The dog's probably pretty smart and is deciding that from the look on the owner's face, incoming. But what if the owner? <laughs> but what if the owner just came home from work and looked at the dog and said, "Hey, Fido, what's going on?" Yeah, but dogs live in the moment, so you've pa- the moment has passed, so the dog doesn't have a reference point. But you know, the owner is convinced, and even if you think the dog is "quote unquote" guilty, right? You really can't use any type of correction at that point. No. You're going to make it worse. But it, but so it is not possible, in your opinion, at the number of dogs you've trained, to come home. Your dog has done a a bad deed, and he, the dog is looking at you, saying, "Oh my God, I messed up." On a professional basis, Doctor Jim, I'm not going to give people the leeway to go. Yes, they do understand, <laughs> because it opens that you know trap door for the dogs. Going, well, he knows. I heard it. You know, <laughs> just, no, they don't. Just look at his face. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell by looking at it. Now him. he should really get it. <laughs> Hey, this is Dr. Jim with Brian. You're listening to Great Pets Radio on a Sunday morning. Our number is 888-441-9876. And if you get time, get over to Henry Law Park today in Dover for the, uh, for the Walk Your Pet. We'll be back after this break. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. 
Schools in Session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Your song. Uh, woo! Dr. Jim and Brian here. We're wrapping up the show. Again, um, if you get time, get over to Henry Law Park today. It's a great, great event, and God, they need the time, people. And if people have questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them, starting at 1230. Uh, um, but uh, funny how we're talking about how guilty a dog can look, and I'm glad you kind of cleared that up for us, But uh, because they don't. <laughs> They yeah. don't figure it and out. And plus, guilt is such a useless emotion. Um, you know, this is an interesting one I want to throw at you about our last couple minutes here. And that is, a lot, I've heard some people, well, the, the, the myth was if you use treats to train dogs, they're always going to need treats. In other words... Yes. But, but can't you wean them off of that? Isn't I, When people look no, at me from, and say, oh, that's a bribing, you're bribing your dog. I'm not bribing my I dog. I use treats all the time, but there's a difference between relationship with the person versus what's in your hand. And the other thing with treats, and this is in the literature itself, when you remove the reward, the behavior starts to dissipate. But, you know, people give their treats, their dogs treats all the time. They're not going to stop doing it. Just incorporate it into the behavior program. Okay, so can't you wean them on to praise and they'll maybe work for praise? Or not every dog's going to be like that. Yes, but the big, the strongest type of reward is called a random reward. So it's like a slot machine. You reward them on every third sit, every fourth sit, that type of thing. Okay. Josh? Hello? Oh, my, I'm not Josh. My name is Nancy. Hey, Nancy. Sorry. That's all right. Listen, we rescued a puppy. Um, From where? Georgia. Okay. He is an awesome dog, but he lays down to eat his food. Is that normal? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Why? Well, I thought it was bad for their digestive system. No, I think it's fine. If he, and that's fine. No okay. worries there. All right, thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Take thanks care. for calling. You yeah. know that a lot of times that gets into. Uh, it's probably what she's referring to is the thought that if a dog um, is going to, you know, bloat or a dog has esophageal issues, it's better mm. if they're standing up eating. Um, I don't know, but I think that if a dog's laying down eating. Yeah. Get out and eat. Listen, I'm getting more and more stories on people getting pets from the south, getting puppies through the internet, sight unseen. One person just got an eight-week-old puppy that is highly aggressive. Yeah. And now they're calling these people that sent it to them, and of course, there's no response. I, I read something recently where they're going to they're going to pass a law stating if you breed more than 50 pets per year. I mean, I'm sorry, you sell more than 50 puppies per year on the internet. You have to have. Uh, you're under new guidelines now to get inspections and everything else. From who? Yeah, That's the problem. Because it falls under the Department of Agriculture, the USDA. They have 66 inspectors. They can't keep up with the high-volume puppy mills, never mind the guys who are only doing 50 puppies a year. You know, But it should be regulated somehow. Well, it, it, it shouldn't. And, and you, we actually, you tried to get the USDA on the show, didn't you? At one point, we're going to get back to that. You know, I'm going to give them. Some, they're going through so, supposedly some new training, because before they're trying to educate these people. You know, it's it's not a big jump in logic, but I think overall we got a big problem in government with people doing their jobs across the board. Yeah. You know. Hey, the last myth is, and I'm going to answer this one: is uh, 
and I'm going to put in a plug for the work you've done on my behalf in the animal hospital, is that is any trainer can handle any behavior problems. Boy, oh boy, I don't don't. I'm, that's a that's a ten minute response from you. But what I can tell you is this: you know, if you get a good trainer like Brian or someone who's been doing it a long time, it's it. You may get done in two or three sessions. What you may take ten sessions to do elsewhere, and it's just a, it's the it's the way to go. So. Well, you know, forty years of experience. Right. I'm looking at something. I'm not guessing. You know, and also I have to fit this according to the owner. Yep. It's great that I could do it. How do I make them successful? And that's a whole art form in itself. It is. Well, listen, have a great week next week out in the great state of Colorado. We're going to miss you on the show. Uh, we're going to pick it up again. Henry Law Park, 1230. I'll be working with shelter dogs. Have a great week. All right. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to The Great Pets Radio Show here on AM 1270 WTSN. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk here on AM 1270 WTSN. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.